eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You are listening to the Fly the W670 podcast. It's season two. It's episode 35, Cubs Stall versus the Cardinals. Don't forget to listen, download, review, most importantly, subscribe to the podcast and to follow us on the socials, Fly the W670 on Twitter, Instagram, and Fly the W on Facebook. Of course, you can email us at flythew670 at gmail.com. Crawley, how the heck are you on this Thursday afternoon? Well, I ne- really needed yesterday's game to get the bad taste out of my mouth. I was pretty pretty fuming on uh, Wednesday morning, so I'm feeling better a little bit after a big victory and a day off. I- I've gotten a chance to recalibrate. Yeah, the uh, good times were rolling over at Wrigley Field in game number three on Wednesday night, but let's, uh, let's get after it. Let's get into game number one. We've got uh, Wilson Contreras returning to Wrigley Field, and the Cubs had Marcus Stroman on the bump. Yeah, and, and I, I kind of warned our podcast listeners that Miles Michaelis always kind of gave the Cubs trouble. The Cubs lost this one 3-1. to one. A couple notes that I made right here. Another wasted quality start by Marcus Stroman. He went six innings, four gave up four hits, two runs, one walk with six Ks. So seven quality starts out of eight games, and uh, he has only two wins to show and three losses. So he was charged with the loss for this one. So... You know, we, we talk about um, Justin Steele, and rightfully so, and make it an all-star, but Stroman's right there in the conversation to be an all-star. Just the wins aren't there. Wins aren't there, and this is a, a case for those that um, are in the wins don't matter for starting pitchers. This is where this all comes from. Um, I still think they matter, but uh, he has definitely been the victim of some uh, tough no decisions and tough losses. And the Cubs have been struggling as of lately, and, and, and the reason we know it is not scoring with runners in scoring position. We've brought that up plenty of times. It hurts the bullpen, hurts everything. The Cubs scored one run on five hits. You aren't going to score win many games scoring one run. We've said that no, many a time. Never, never, <laughs> never. Occasionally never. you'll get the old one nothing win, but they're they're few I don't and know. Far I, 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 if we went digging, Crowley, if we went digging right now through the every game that's been played in baseball this year. I would, I would, I would bet there are less than three one nothing games so far this year in all of baseball. Yeah, there's not a lot. It doesn't happen. You're not going to win very often. They were one for seven with runners in scoring position. They left nine men on base. To make matters worse, one of the Cubs' best hitters, leadoff man Nico Horner, was pulled in the fifth with what the Cubs are saying was hamstring tightness. And so here I am. We'll talk more about this in segment three. 
But it was reported during the day that Christopher Morrell showed up to Chicago. So I'm sitting here thinking to myself, okay, now Nico's gone. Let's let let's get Morrell in here. But who does he call to replace him? Nick Magical, who went over to the rest of the day. So Nico injured himself when the Cubs had their best opportunity to get some runs with runners at second and third uh, after a Swanson double uh, tied the game at one one. Ian Happ walked to load the bases. Cody Bellinger hit a ball to short right field that Brandon Donovan caught and then threw out Nick Magical at home by a mile. So you got to wonder, Dustin, with the way the offense has been struggling, you know, how much does that get into Willie Harris's head to send the runner? Yeah, I mean they they, they needed something, right? They needed a an ignition. They needed a they needed something to happen. And and he, Willie Harris, I like the guy a ton. I love his energy, but he is a little bit aggressive. But I believe David Ross is 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 a little bit aggressive as well. So I don't. I think I think they walk uh, lockstep in being aggressive on the base pass, especially when the Rispy is not going in your favor. Yeah, well, Ross had a chance to get Morell into the game in the ninth, but he decided to use Eric Hosmer as a pinch hitter for some reason. Well, but that was where that was where I really scratched my head. Yeah, I was dropping some uh, inappropriate language at Wrigley Field on that night. Um, <laughs> Wilson Contreras' revenge game, reeling at the fact that he lost his catching duties. Contreras got a mix of cheers and boos during his intro. More cheers during the video montage the Cubs put together for him. But when he came up to the plate the first time, he got boos. He led off with this, the second with a single and came around to score on a Dylan Carlson single. In the top of the fourth, he grounded out to short on an amazing play. Dansby Swanson blows my mind. He, that ball that Contreras hit to him was hit 117 miles per hour off the bat. That was the fourth hardest ball in play this season in the majors. Then in the sixth inning, Wilson crushed the ball to center field that scored Lars Newtbar to make it 2-1. to one. And then in the top of the eighth with one out, Contreras grounded into a force out. They had runners at first and third, and he grounded into a force. It goes to Patrick Wisdom, who had a brain fart. Rather than starting the double play right away, he looked home, double clutched, and this allowed Wilson to beat the double play uh, to and keep the inning alive and allow the run to score. So Wilson was involved in all three of the Cardinals' runs, and the boos got louder with every at-bat, every play he made, and then he starts encouraging the Wrigley faithful to boo louder. And then after the game, Wilson said, there were a couple of people booing me, and I just love that. When you get booed, that means you're doing something right. The boos were kind of an extra boost I got there. At the same time, as I was doing the hand gestures, I saw my teammates really respond to it, so I decided to keep doing it. I did not boo Wilson, and, and here's the thing. He is a guy that loves that stuff. Why would you get him more fired up? Yeah, it's hard. I understand. I, I probably by the second time I would have booed. I don't think I would have booed him on the first at bat. I would not have booed him during the video tribute. But I think by the second and third at bat, after a couple of beer bats, Crowley, I, I would have been. Uh, I would have been booing too. Um, and again, you know, maybe just maybe Cubs score more than one run. Well, here's the thing, Dustin. You remember last season when Javi Baez came to the south side and they were booing oh. the crap on him. Guy couldn't hit. They start booing him, and he starts going off. Those were the best games he had. Those were the At, best games he had were over 35th and Shields. The left field bleacher bums had it right by opening up the newspapers and just looking down at the newspaper when he came up to bat. Do not – he thrives on, on, on that kind of stuff, and, and we just – and people fell right into it. Now, I do have to say, in all honesty, um, before the game – 
Wilson talked to the media and Megan Montemurro, you know, you know, he talked about, even though I'm wearing a different uniform, I really thankful for the fan base talking about the Cub fans. He also said having support from them means a lot to me. If there's something in the past that uh, got in some people's feelings, I really apologize. I would never say something against the Chicago Cubs or anything against the fan base. Yeah, I mean, he said all the right things. He he did. He acted the right way. I thought the Cubs did a nice job with that video tribute. What did you think? Yeah, I thought everything was great. And I'm, I, listen, I wish people would just understand that Wilson wanted to stay. And yeah, that, he and wanted I, to I, stay, and they, they didn't want him, probably for the same reasons now that we realize that St. Louis doesn't want him squatting behind home plate anymore, at least not right, right this second. Right. So, so this really was like the catcher series, Crowley. This this whole series that we're going to talk about is is uh, is catcher related with Wilson Contreras and Jan Gomes not being there, and then maybe Jan Gomes comes back. And yeah, it, listen, it's going to remain a thing. Maybe not. What do you think? The next time they come to town, I'm, is this even I, a thing? I, I'm sure it's still going to be a thing for some people, and I hope it's not because the Cubs don't win the World Series without Wilson Contreras. Gave us no. a lot of great memories. No, and again, no, no. he wanted to be here. What was he supposed to do? You know, I mean, and people said, well, he tried on a uniform, a Cardinals jersey when he was still with the Cubs. Yeah, after they tried desperately to trade him and tell him he's not coming back. What is he supposed to do? I mean, Jesus. So, you know, either way, we get to game two, and that's Jamison Tyone versus Jack Flaherty. The Cubs lose 6-4. to four. Jamison, Jamison Tyone is not back. To, you know, I, I will tell you this, okay? Uh, Jamison Tyone is not back to where he should be. Um, he went 2.2 innings. He gave up five hits, four runs, two home runs, loaded the bases in the third, and then walked in a run to end his day. So the Cubs decided he didn't need rehab starts in uh, Iowa or anything like that. So expect Tyone to struggle for a couple more starts. I don't see that changing. Uh, he walked in a run, like I said, to end the day. And then Julian Merriweather came in and walked in another run. So you gave uh, the Cardinals two free runs and you lost by two. Uh, one good thing that I do have to say that came out of this from the pitching standpoint. Wait a minute. Wait, can we go back to something really quick? Can we go yep. back to something really quick? Why Merriweather in that spot? I mean, we got an answer. We got an answer from Tommy Hadovy. But right. that doesn't mean I have to be satisfied with the answer, uh, you know, because they wanted Assad to come in in a clean inning. Right. Um, I don't, here's here's the thing, Dustin. I, I Mary, agree. Merriweather's been hot garbage, right? And Merriweather Merriweather hasn't done a thing yet. So Merriweather reminds me a hell of a lot of Dylan Maples in a way that some of his stuff is so good, and it's exactly what you need in that situation—a guy that throws straight heat. But the trouble, just like with Dylan Maples, is that when sometimes he just completely loses it and it's a mess. And that's kind of the issue that you have. And so I get the concept. The, the, the player didn't execute. I don't blame David Ross for that one. I have different bones to pick with David Ross. That one wasn't one of them. I will <laughs> We've say all got that, our own. We've all got our own little thing <laughs> to pick at with him right now. <laughs> well, the good news, though, like you said, Javier Assad is looking more and more like the Ooh, pitcher we saw in good. spring wow, training. Wow, did he look nice in that game? Yeah. And and in the WBC, and less like the pitcher that struggled in April. He shut down the Cardinals and allowed the Cubs to get back into this one until David Ross made another poor managerial decision. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Assad comes into the game in the fourth. He pitches five scoreless innings. He gives up only one hit and two walks. But by the end of the eighth, he had thrown a ton of pitches and he's running out of gas. And and Ross just rolled the dice to see what would happen in the ninth. And, he, and Assad gave up a homer, a triple, a double, and a strikeout before getting pulled damage is done Cubs lose but there's no way Assad should have come out in the ninth I don't know what he was doing yeah I'm not sure why he was back out there I I mean they they wanted to say well he's been stretched out enough that that's not a the workload wasn't too much they tried to pull that but it's like he had done the job like he had you I think you at that point you had gotten everything out of him that you could possibly that you could possibly get I I just think that was a uh, I think that was a big error I will. So that got me mad. The other thing that got me mad, and this is before the game even starts. I sit there and here comes at Cubs to show me the starting lineup. You got Magical Swanson, Hap Bellinger, Suzuki, and then Hosmer, Mervis, Morrell, Amaya. We're going to talk more about Hosmer, but why the hell is he batting so high up? It makes no, no sense. No idea. I, I don't. I, I, I don't. I don't understand it. I know we're going to get to Suzuki at some point too. I don't know why Suzuki is batting fourth or fifth every day. I don't know if that was promised or something, but he should not be batting fourth or fifth. Well, let's let's look at a couple of things here. Number one, when you look at that lineup, Magical is at second base, or Magical's at third no, base Magical and at third, and, base, third right? and and um, and you got Morel at second, but Morel's or Magical's natural position is second, and Morel's. Is it third? That's where you see the future for Morrell. Right. So, but now well, I will I will agree with you. When when that happened, and I I probably was looking at the same tweet you were looking at, or I retweeted it, or you retweeted at it. We we saw each other's retweet. However, it worked out. I had the same reaction as you had. But as the game played on, Crowley, as the game played on, I think that Madrigal and Morrell made plays at third and second that the other guy would not have made. I don't think Madrigal turns that double play. I don't think he does. And I don't know if, if, if uh, Morell makes that stop that Madrigal did earlier. Okay. Now, the other thing is is that what it says to me is that they're not going to keep Madrigal. They're going to keep Madrigal up here. They're not keeping Morell up here very long. We'll so see what happens. They, don't, but... they, they want, they know, here's the thing you know. Nico Horner's coming back. He might be coming back on Friday, but I guarantee he's going to play in Minneapolis at some point. When he comes back, what's he going to play? Second base, right? So Madrigal has been playing much better, I'll raise my hand, than I ever thought he could at third base. I I, I did not think so. They don't want to get him out of rhythm, but then they end up doing that in game three. We can get to that in a minute. Um, And he had a nice play over there. But I understand after letting it, sit and sink but i had the same reaction as you i did not like it when i first saw it but i think that's the explanation for it i guess i, I think i think in the future you're looking at chris morell as being your everyday third baseman and if absolutely case, but i just don't know case, that the future started, is now man. i just don't know that the future is now might be I'm, I'm looking what this kid's doing here right now ian hap walked three times magical was two for four good fan game for him and chris morell was two for four with a home run that yep. tied the game at four, and that's the energy that he brings. Absolutely awesome. But he lights up Wrigley Field. I mean, he just lights it up. More than the LEDs. And Dansby <laughs> Swanson had a great game, hitting two doubles and another basket homer. 
But runners in scoring position, and this is an issue that's getting out of control. The Cubs scored four runs on nine hits, going one for seven with run in scoring position and leaving nine men on base. Get this, Dustin. The Cardinals walked seven Cubs hitters and plunked another. Eight free base runners, and none of them scored. Not a one. It's inexcusable. It's unexcusable. We were talking about it all week on Mully and Haw. You can't have that. They they should never – they should have – they should have easily taken two out of three, maybe even all three games in this series. This was, ugh, thank goodness Wednesday. Thank goodness game three happens, Crowley, because game two, boy, oh boy. Well, it happened because of three double plays, Magical, Suzuki, and Hosmer. Twice the Cubs had the bases loaded and couldn't score a run. First time was when the Cubs loaded the base with one out for Eric Hosmer, who proceeded to ground into a double play to end the threat and get Flaherty off the hook. And Seiya Suzuki with the bases loaded and two outs, flied one to the warning track that just missed. You talked a little bit about Crowley, Seiya. Hold on, was it that was it that at bat, or was it the one before when Seiya didn't know what the strike the the the, the uh, what was going on with balls and strikes? He gets a ball three. He takes off his arm guard and his shin guard, and he goes. And it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> I looked at the TV. I go, wait a minute. It's not ball four. It's only ball three. And then the ump's like, uh, excuse me, we're not done yet. I mean, that's yeah. embar- that's embarrassing. That's somebody that's not locked in. You cannot be a Major League Baseball player and not know what the count is when you're up to bat. What I and will tell react you, as quickly as he did. What I will tell you about Seiya is this, and and I, I I truly believe that he is going to be an integral part of this team. And you know how they used to say with Dexter Fowler, as Hugo Wego, I think when Seiya has a good game, they're going to have a good game, and they're going to need him. Keep in mind, he didn't have a spring training. He didn't spend a lot of time in Iowa. He's about a month behind. And so I have a feeling he's going to start warming up, and I have a feeling that when you take a look at May and June, he's going to have a big month. Hope so, Crowley. I, I really hope so. Now, he we're going to get into game three in a second. He had a much better game three, but I, I, I don't think he bats higher than six for me. Yeah, I could see fifth, sixth, somewhere around there would be fine. I have no problem with that. Um, game three, Justin Seal versus Jordan Montgomery. The Cubs win 10-4. to four. Came out that it was really Adam Wainwright and Jordan Montgomery who had some problems with Wilson. But, hey, you know, Wilson wasn't buying him the plate in this one, Jordan. Steele went six innings pitch, seven hits, three earned runs, three walks, and three Ks. Earned his sixth win of the season to improve to 6-0. He's only one of three players with at least six wins this season in all of MLB. He completed six innings or more in seven of his eight starts so far and has seven quality starts tied for the most in the majors. Unfortunately, that streak he had of two or few earned runs allowed in each of his last 14 starts was snapped. That tied the Cubs franchise record with Jake Arrieta. So that's over with the three runs. But Cody Bellinger, and we're going to talk about him in segment three, he did everything he could to keep that streak alive. When Lars Neupart singled the center and the Cardinals sent Juan Yepes home, and Bellinger threw uh, an amazing throw that gets to Jan Gomes, who was activated before the game, and they missed him by an eyelash to uh, throwing him yeah. out from center. Real I, close. In real time, in real time, I thought he got him. In real I time, too. I thought he got him when they reviewed it, and I'm like, oh, review that, review that. And he, he clearly didn't get him, but in real time, I thought he got him. Yeah, absolutely. The offense finally returns, down 2 nothing after another Wilson Contreras RBI the Cubs answered back with uh, back-to-back doubles in the third by Swanson and Suzuki to put the Cubs on the board 2-1. to one. Then Patrick Wisdom crushed his MLB high-tying 12th home run of the year, and the Cubs led for the first time the entire series. It took him the third inning to the third game to get 
a lead. And after that, the floodgates open. The Cubs finish with 10 runs on 14 hits. Everyone other than Nick Magical had at least one hit. There were seven extra base hits, including the one by Wisdom. And one. Uh, there was a home run by uh, Wisdom and one by Jan Gomes. Swanson had two doubles and Suzuki, Happ, and Morrell each hit one. How about this one, Dustin? The Cubs were six for 14 with runners in scoring position. Yep, that, that, that'll work, Crowley. That will work. Did you see the stat on uh, Swanson as well, what he did? How he, he tied Ernie Banks? Did you see yeah, that for, stat? Yeah, for Pretty extra cool. base hits. Yeah, yeah. Just, just, just a great weekend for Six him. Six extra base hits in a series, yeah. Phenomenal. And so here's the thing, though, Dustin, as we kind of take a look at, you know, how this season has come, it's kind of been a tale of two seasons. And it really has to do with that near-perfect game that Drew Smiley threw. There was everything before and everything after that, okay? So if you take a look at the numbers, the Cubs are getting on base. They're really good at getting on base. They've, they've reached via walk, hit, or hit by pitch 474 times this season, okay? Fourth most among all of baseball, trailing only Tampa Bay and Atlanta and Boston. Three very good teams. They also, though, Dustin, lead the majors with 273 left on base. The Cubs' 378 uh, plate appearances with runners in scoring position are the most in the NL and fourth in the majors. But the Cubs are last in in the last 17 games. I told you since April 22nd, the Cubs have hit 189 with runners in scoring position, 27 for 143. No good. No, that will... uh... If you just pick it up a little bit, if you just pick it up a little bit, they could be very competitive in this weak-ass division that the National League Central is. They're still, yeah, they're still right in this. And and and, but I told you about that game with Drew Smiley, right? When through April 21st, the club was hitting 326, 383, 46 with runners in scoring position. Now that's not really sustainable. That's really hard, right? Right. That's. I mean, that's smoking. Right. That's smoking hot. But then between April 22nd and Tuesday night, the Cubs slashed 189, 300, 252 with runners in scoring position. So, I mean... And it's almost hard to be that bad, Crowley. So somewhere in the middle, right? Right, exactly. We get somewhere in the middle. You take a look at the Cubs' run differential. It looks like the Cubs should easily be first place in the division. But like I said, they get one of these games where they blow it open and score 10, 12 runs. And then the next three or four games, they're they're one-run decisions. Yeah, and this is a great stat you have here, Crowley. The Cubs' last 10 setbacks since April 26 have been by three or fewer runs. You know, split that in half, right? Maybe if you go 5-5 five and five in those games instead of 10 losses, boy, you're right there. Yes, sir. Well, hopefully we'll get there.